to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. The proof of your spiritual walk is not last Friday night. The proof of your spiritual walk is this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Everybody can get in the anointing, get excited, jump around, fall down. And that's great. How many know that that's great? But I've been in this thing a while. And I've seen people who laid on the floor for days and are now divorced, looking to commit suicide, out of the church. It's great dessert, but the proof of the pudding comes in your daily lifestyle. If you're going to scream at your husband this Wednesday, then you canceled out last Friday night. Come on, let me talk a little bit this morning. Everybody wants to talk? Let's talk a little bit this morning. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. See, it's a daily walk. That's where people see you. They weren't here Friday night. They don't know. Your relation and your friends and everybody else, they don't understand that. But they're going to see you at work come Monday morning. They're going to see you how you respond to things, how you act to things, how you do things. And that's when people judge what kind of person you are. See, the move of spirit was wonderful, but what it did, it made, it made the church hypocrites. Because in church, they're joyful. In church, they're happy. In the church, they're drunk. In the church, they're screaming. But then they met them outside church and said, what happened to you? Where's your joy now? Where's your peace now? Where's your presence now? And we need the presence of God. But another thing you need is the Word of God. And we talk about coming to the ladies' meeting. That's great. You should be there. But you should be here on Wednesdays. If we're going to chew people, let's chew people. You should be here on Wednesday nights, too, with the Word of God going forth. Because the anointing of God puffs you up, praise God. The Word of God builds you up. And it's something we need a combination of both. That's the only way it's going to work. That's the only way you walk in peace and joy every single day. See, if you've got to come back for a treatment every women's meeting, or every Sunday, let's just back it up, for every Sunday, you had not looked at your Bible in a month or been to church, then you need to make some adjustments. Because we're in a time now when the opportunity to do the things of God is greater than it's ever been before because the time is short. And it's getting shorter and it's getting shorter. Somebody said something about time this morning. Whatever time they said it, it's an hour past that now. And I found out in my life you can't get it back. See, no matter how much money you got, you can't buy it back. So you might as well just get going with the program now and leave what behind you is behind you because you can't do anything about it anyway. You've got control of your future. You have no control over your past anymore whatsoever. So the heck with yesterday. I don't care whether it was great or terrible. I don't care about yesterday. I care about today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And the move of the Spirit of God is a powerful thing. People need to be touched, my God, by the power of God because some people don't even realize they're not anything but a church. Churchy. Come in, be quiet. Shh. Make any noise. Fold your hands. Bow your head. Do all this stuff. That's religious stuff, do you see? Is that the way you talk to your spouse? Oh, wifey. Come on. God's real. He's not some statue or figment of your imagination. He's real. You can talk to him just like you talk to him, praise God. And he'll talk to you that way. He doesn't have to use King James. Now, in the event you understand only King James, he'll talk to you in King James. Do you understand? Right. He'll do whatever you want to do. That's right. 
But the power of God and revival after revival, the move of God after move of God, you need to stay in both and you need to learn to live it. You learn to live in peace and joy. You need to handle your finances the way you're supposed to handle your finances. Many of you are in debt and it's because of you. Can't blame God. And I'll tell you what, none of you are in debt as much as I was at one time. I guarantee it. But you've got to let God bring you out of that thing. You've got to get in line with God. You've got to line up with God. You've got to do the way God does things. Tithing was the Old Testament. Yeah, well, it's also in the New Testament, so get with the program. See, it's all part of God's plan. What's it to do? It's to change your heart and make you a giver. Even if you've got to make George Washington cry. Put him in the basket. What's it doing? It's trying to get you to give a giving heart. Because how many know God's a giver? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. So that's the first step of your righteous living with God. You're moving into righteousness with that step. You're starting to become a giver rather than a getter. How many were a, giver, a getter before you were saved? Oh, yeah. Even when they didn't give it to you, you stole it. Come on. You manipulated them. You got it from them anyway. You stole it. And then you patted yourself on the back for living like the devil. Because that's the way we were. But there's a change when you come in the kingdom of God as a citizen of the kingdom of God. And there's different laws in the kingdom than there is in the natural realm. And that's the problem with churches. Churches are going under the authority of the natural realm. And the natural, can I say it, government. Rather than the kingdom of God. And you're not really even a member of this government. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. So you've got laws in there. You've got ways of doing anything. So you can't allow and infiltrate things that the government says is all right. Because it's not. The Bible says when there's people in ruler who are not in line with God, the people mourn. What do I? I think I hear some mourning today. Why is it? We're out of line with God, aren't we? Our government's out of line with God. They're putting things in there. That's why we're praying for our government. That's why we're trying to get people who are called, who are full of the Holy Ghost, into government positions. And we're tearing those out. And when we get a pulpit on TV or we get an opportunity to say something, pastors got to wake up and say something. I've heard it over and over again. Well, what do you think? You're a pastor of homosexuality. Well, we just love everybody, and, and it's okay. And, and No, tell them what God says. It's an abomination. How can you say that? I didn't. He did. You want to argue with somebody? Argue with him. See, it's not the words of my mouth. We've got to start standing up for right. This country has gone in the wrong direction. We've taken prayer out of school. Come on. We've made everything legal. My God. A woman and a woman can get married now. Dear Lord Jesus, how can that possibly happen? See, that's not the way God started it, is it? So what do we want to do? We want to live righteously because there's a righteousness that comes to a nation from the head down. But there's also a righteousness we're responsible for. See, you can have personal righteousness and not have national righteousness. But you can't have natural righteousness without personal righteousness. So what are we? We're not only a church in the kingdom of God, but we want to live righteously. We want to do what we do. What do we do? I learned a long time ago. I go to church. Wednesday night, I go to church. Sunday morning, I go to church. They have a special thing, I go to church. That's just what I do. And you get into a habit where you just do it. You're not on Tuesday night thinking, well, I don't know. Let's see, Wednesday, what I want to do for sure. God, I'm listening to God. No, God said don't go to church for a week. Just spend the time in his presence. That ain't God. 
My God, can't you tell the difference between God and the devil? He's trying to keep you away from the body, trying to keep you away from anointed preaching and teaching, trying to keep you away. And he'll even give you your own revelation if you play it right. My God, some of the prophecies and revelations I've heard over my lifetime, it's just unbelievable. And I tell you, when the Spirit of God starts moving in a meeting, everybody becomes a prophet. Everybody becomes a hand layer. See, and you better watch out who's putting hands on you. We used to run on Sunday nights. We do Holy Ghost meetings every Sunday night and lay hands. And somebody come up afterwards. I want to lay hands on. Get your hand off of me. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going to give me or try to put in my life. Come on now. You better know who's laying hands on you and who's not. Because there's an impartation, the Bible says. And you don't want something somebody else might be imparting to you. You don't want that in your life. No, no. You want the Holy Ghost, praise God. And you want it, God, in your life. But still, there must be a desire in everybody's heart. It's individual. Not a desire that comes and goes and comes and goes. People talk about hot and cold. If you're ever cold, it's because you pulled away. It's not because God's left you for a period of time in the desert and you're supposed to find him or whatever. No, you're the one who pulled away. You understand? You went away from the word. You went away from studying. You got busy. Busy with all these important things. And every time you get busy, you lose that desire in your heart. I tell you, there's times when I read the Bible, I've got no desire. Right. That's the truth. But I read it anyway. Yeah. And then it's funny, that day I run into somebody that needs a scripture that I read this morning and didn't get any revelation out of and didn't even understand what it was saying. And it pops up on the inside of me and I get somebody set free. Like, my God, I wasn't even trying to do that. I was just reading to make you happy this morning, praise God. I wasn't even reading to cover my religious activities. That's all I was doing this morning. And my prayer was a quickie. And out I went. It's not that way. We've got to come to a place where we understand this is a lifestyle. Yes. It's not a churchy thing. Right. And then you've got the people out there. What am I doing this morning anyway? Going on a rampage this morning. And then there's preachers and evangelists out there who don't believe you even have to go to church anymore. Because we is the church. We is the church. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Bible says if you get planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. So how are you going to get planted in yourself? And I'll tell you what happened. 99% of them got hurt in church. Got hurt, didn't they? Somebody slapped their little hand. Somebody corrected them. So what do they do? We don't need church. I got my own ministry. I'm here all by myself. Praise God. Mighty man of God. Not working out very good, is it? No, it's not. It's not. But we've, we've got to do things the right way. We've got to do things the kingdom way. We've got to do things. I mean, my God, if you're going 90 miles an hour down I-95, get caught. You got caught. They're not going to change the law for you. So you're a special. Just because your pastor preaches the law has been changed doesn't help you. And you better come to a place where you know. The Bible says you can discern good and evil. And you better be able to do that discern what's right and what's wrong otherwise you get pulled into the wrong without even knowing the wrong and when you're in the wrong you're in the unalignment all once everything starts falling about in your heart and you want to blame God again and it's not God it's alignment it's alignment and I'll tell you right now deliverance is good but it's not the thing the thing is alignment so if you're going to get delivered and not realign you're going to need delivered again you better come to the next meeting and you better come to the next meeting and you better come to the next meeting because until you line up you're still going to be in bondage. 
Praise God the devil left. He's waiting right there to see if you're going to make an adjustment or not. He's waiting. And words don't matter. It's got to be a heart thing, don't it, Jason? There's got to be a heart thing there. Well, I want to make a heart thing, ain't it? That's right. Absolutely. It's a heart thing. That's what it is. It's adjustment you make in your heart. Not something you make up or don't make up. But there's an alignment that takes place. I mean, you can be out of place in your back. I never was. And take aspirin all you want and feel better. But it's still out of line. Until you go to the chiropractor. And he's... Gets you up. See, then you don't need aspirin anymore. And you're doing fine. It's the same way. You won't need deliverance anymore if you just line up. And that's why in my life, I did a lot of, people get mad at me, I did a lot of self-deliverance. I simply read the book that told me what I was doing wrong. I repented, and I got set free, praise God. And that way, not I got delivered because I got in line. Listen to me, because I got in line. Now I don't have to worry about that again, just to be delivered and want to stay out of line. Lay hands on me. I got devil problems. I'm sleeping with another guy. Get him delivered. Come back. I got a devil. What are you doing? Sleeping with another guy. My God. Deliverance. I'll tell you deliverance. Might just be a good old... You can't keep doing the same thing out of line and expect to walk in... And the Bible says it's the truth that sets you free. So if you're unbound, apparently you're believing a lie and listening to a lie and going after that lie and understanding that lie. And then you, two things, you either get set free when somebody gives you the truth or you get offended. And offense, I mean, it runs rampant in the church. You find somebody that's been to six different churches in the last year, they've been offended six different times in the last year. And that's just the ones we know of. You don't know the ones out there. They've already gone through. These are just the churchy ones. And nobody loves me. Maybe you need it corrected. That pastor just made that sermon up because he knows what I'm going through. And he made that sermon just for me this morning. And he just rebuked me all day long. No, I didn't read your mail. Nobody came to me and wrote it down. But the Holy Ghost knew it's you. And you came all happy. And he had nothing. This joy I have. And once he starts hitting things in this joy I have. Yeah, but we're not going to be that kind of church. I'm not going to pastor that kind of church. I'll retire before I end up in a church like that. I'll tell you right now, I'll be done. I'll just give it up, praise God. But everybody needs to be under a head. Everybody needs to be under somebody anointed. It's not my fault I'm anointed. People look at you. You just think you're anointed. Yes, I do. <laughs> Case closed. If you're looking for an argument, you're in the wrong boat. Yeah, I am. You're right. I'm anointed. Why? Because God flows through me. He talks through me. He does things through me. I trust him. He trusts me. The word of God comes forth. But I got a heart. You know, she talked about the body. If you listen to her things, she talks about all the parts of the body. And I went to Becky and I said that was excellent, but she missed the main part. The heart. The heart. See? Well, I don't want to take your sermon. You want me to keep going or go to something else? You sure? I'm not a sermon stealer. Yeah, because it all comes from your heart. It all comes from your desires and your love for him. That's what controls everything in your life. That, that controls your motives. A lot of people do a lot of things for God, but the motive is wrong that they're doing things for God. 
trying to impress God, trying to show God how good they are, trying to show my fellow Christians what a wonderful person. And I'll tell you another thing. We talk about Christian and non-Christian. I can't even find it in the Bible. It talks about righteous or unrighteous. Well, I'm a Christian. Yeah, what kind? Come on. Righteous or unrighteous? Oh, that doesn't matter because I'm a Christian. Oh, yes, it does matter. It matters in your life. It may matter for your eternal destiny. It matters on your finance. It matters in your kids. It matters in your whole family, praise God, whether you're living a righteous lifestyle or not. Don't live for the devil, then correct your kids later on. See, you can't do that, praise God. You, you, can't, you can't do examples of them. Guys walking around, I play basketball with all the time, and every other word is F-U-C-K, F-U-C-K, F-U-C-K. They play music while we're playing ball. That's F-U-C-K, F-U-C-K. And their little kid cusses, and they slap him. I'm thinking, my God. What do you expect? Daddy doing it, music doing it, and he can't do it? What's the difference? You see, we don't understand, praise God. We don't understand that what we do, we're being watched all the time. All the time. And we want to live according to God's plan. We want to live in alignment with Him. We want to help this nation, but we do it through righteousness. A long time ago, before this whole mess started about the election and everything else, God spoke to somebody and He said, pray for two things. Do you remember what they were? Righteousness and judgment. That's all we need to pray for, righteousness and judgment. So that's what I've been praying for, praying for the righteousness of this country, righteousness of this government, people's righteousness. The more people we get into righteousness, the less unrighteousness we have. Come on, are you following me? And people recognize this stuff. We've got church people. We've got church people who voted in unrighteousness. I know I'm getting in trouble now. That's all right. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah, voted in unrighteousness. Now you want to be mad. When you're the one that voted in to begin with. Righteousness and unrighteousness aren't that hard to figure out. God, right. Devil, wrong. Person right, God. Person wrong of the devil. There is no devil God. Come on, we want to put everything together, praise God. We want to put it in the middle someplace. Let's just get in the middle. So We want to keep everybody happy. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to make anybody mad. We don't want to upset anybody. We just got to stay on the Word of God, what the Word of God says. You've got no reason to, not, to be in unforgiveness with anybody this morning. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care how long ago they did it. I don't care if it made you look like a fool. You've got no reason in the kingdom of God to be living in offense or unforgiveness this morning whatsoever. None. And if you are, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And then don't blame me. Don't blame God. Don't blame your brothers and sisters. You can blame yourself because you're walking out of line with the things of God. Praise God. I mean, your success is basically something you can control. How many of you know that? You live in the kingdom of God, you're successful. You're not, you don't. See? You take drugs for your whole life, I can guarantee you you're going to end up in jail, in trouble in some place, but that's not because God allowed you to get there. That's not because God was just letting you along until he could get to you. That, no, that's because you're making dumb decisions. And you're making dumb decisions because you're not in line with the word of God, praise here. God says the righteous, he leads step at a time, praise God. So if I'm going to walk in righteousness, he's going to show me which way to go, how to do it, where not to do it. The Bible says the prayer of the righteous, God li- and God listens to. So if I'm living righteously... I can pray and pray like he's actually hearing me. Yeah, I think 80% of our prayers are just hogwash. 
Now, I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying that, you know, some people just don't know how to pray, so they just pray. You know, pray to pray or whatever, and they, and they don't do things. If you're not in a line with the kingdom and praying in line with his will, then what do you want him to do? Lord, please give me three wives. Please, I beg of you. And in Jesus' name. How many know that's not going to work? It's not going to work because it's not lined up with God, and you'd die if you had three wives. How many know one good one's enough? See how you cover things when you're in the Holy Ghost? Did you see that? Wisdom. Praise God. That's wisdom. Some of you men, write it down. Take a note. Yeah, we want to stay aligned with the kingdom of God. That's why we teach righteousness. That's why we teach the word. That's why we teach the identity. That's why we teach faith. That's why we teach these things. Because we want to line everybody up here in the kingdom of God. And some of us got, you know, people around us. Some of us got our own family members who are not living in righteousness. And we know that. And 90% of the time, I hate to tell you this, but they ain't going to listen to you. I don't care how right you are. I don't care how passionate you are. They ain't going to listen to you. So what do you do? You just pray for them, get out of the way, and watch them screw up, screw up, after screw up, after screw up, after screw up. Because it's just the way it is. We, we can't control. If God wanted to control everybody's will, we'd all be saved, full of the Holy Ghost, and everybody would be doing good. But it's not that way. We've got something very powerful called a free will. Your free will will get you in the kingdom, or it'll send you to hell. See, so that's something we've got to use in line with God's will. The Bible says in the Our Father, His kingdom come, His will be done here on just as it is in heaven. Well, how many know nobody taking drugs in heaven, nobody sleeping around in heaven, nobody... I've never been there, but I heard. I haven't heard anything up there yet. I mean, this can't be a first-hand thing. I'm telling you, I just believe it's not up there. These things aren't going on, so you've got to make that adjustment, don't you? We want to make that adjustment. We want to live in line with God. And it's not because God hates you, because he's mad at you, because he wants to get upset with you. He knows he made you. You know, if my GE wash machine breaks down, I'm not going to call the gardener. I'm going to call GE, and I'm going to see what's the matter with my wash machine that you made and you gave me. Well, it's the same way with us. God knows what's best for you. He tells you to forgive because he knows that's better for you. He tells you not to be offended because he knows that's better for you. He's trying to teach us how to live a good, prosperous, exciting, wonderful life because he knows he put you here for that. As a matter of fact, he knew you before you even came into the world through reading the Bible. Isn't that something? I got that always astounds me that he knew me before my mother's womb. He already knew me. Then he looked and he said, let's see, I need a Treasure Coast Victory Center somewhere around Fort Pierce to be good. And praise God, I'm going to need a pastor in the year 2020, 2021, 22. so I'm just going to stick this guy in the womb. And praise God, he's going to be born out. Now, how many of you know I didn't find my purpose for a while? And when you don't find your purpose, you'll fill it with something else. That's why people do alcohol, why they do drugs, why they have anger fits, why they're mad, why they're upset, why everything else. Because you're not in your purpose. Once you get in your purpose, everything seems to be easy. The Bible tells you to run your own race. And that always gets because it says, run your race with patience. Excuse me? On your marks, get set, go. Can you imagine that? Now, how many know... That's not logical. That's not the way the world operates. Well, you run it with patience. Why? Because the only race you're running is yours. 
So if somebody's flying by you on the left, don't criticize them. Don't get mad at them. Maybe their race calls for a little faster run than you've got. So I'm just going to keep running, and I'm going to support them, and I'm certainly not going to step over there. You step in that lane, you in trouble, praise God. You ain't going nowhere. You'll, you'll, you'll pray for patience. Yeah, because we've only got our, all got our own little race. Even every church, I believe, has got their own little race or whatever they want to do in order, to, in order to get people moving or get people going. And there's some churches out there that can only take people so far. And that's fine. That's great. But once they get that far, don't sit there 20 years not learning anything for 20 years. If you really want to grow, find some place where you can find something that will help you grow up in the things of God. Praise God. You just, you're never going to arrive. How many of you know that? Don't matter how long you live, he's going to show you more. He's going to teach you more. He's going to perfect you more. He's going to show you more. He's going to do it. I mean, I get to do three marriages now in the next six weeks or something like that. And I'm excited about marriages. Right back there's two of them right there. And I mean, if anything, I, I just want to get them to understand that if they just keep God in their marriage, it's so much easier than having God outside your marriage, trying to do it yourself. You know, it's like that old commercial, I'd rather do it myself. But we don't do that. See, we allow God. Once we're people who give to other people. Now we're people who laid down our lives for our friends and our enemies. See, it's no fun laying down your life for somebody, is it? It's no fun for doing what they want to do. It's no fun for caring for them more than they care for you. It's a sacrifice that took place, but that's what Jesus did. He laid down his life for us. So we're laying down our lives on a daily basis, aren't we? God's bringing somebody to our mind in the church. We immediately start to pray for them, don't we? Uh, if guy brings something to mind he wants you to call, you get on the phone and you call them. How you doing today? What's going on? What's happening? Just thinking about you today. What's going on? What is, it's all part of it, you know? And Luann's little group down there is the same way. It's becoming a little family of people who get there, but that family needs to not only get saved, healed, and delivered, they need to get in the Word of God and allowed to change their life, or they're going to be in the same spot forever. See, and we don't want to do that. We want to get aligned. I'm getting aligned more every single day. It never ends, praise God. There's things you say that you shouldn't say that you didn't know you shouldn't say before you said them, and now you said it, and now you know you said it. Ever do that? I mean, you said something and walked away thinking, and now it was the Holy Ghost says, why'd you say that? You say, I don't know. And then he shows you why, see? He shows you what it affected somebody else who was standing there in the thing. It put somebody else down. It, And we don't want to do that. We want to be so, and I'm not talking about being scared. I'm talking about just learning how to love everybody in thought, word, and deed. And most of it starts right here. Right here is the problem, see? If you can talk love, you'll live love. Like somebody said, who was that, uh, Marie, this morning? You just can't say it. That ain't going to do it. I love you. Who was that? I don't know. She's scumbag, but I really, you know. See, it's the same way. You women are coming together. You're growing together. You're getting better together. Don't you dare go out two days later and talk behind. Because there's more responsibility in his presence than out of his presence. And when you get in his presence, you, you, sometimes you don't want to talk at all. Sometimes he tries to get you to stop. That's why he knocks you on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is true. It is true. He knows what's best for each and every one of us. And like I say, when I came to trust in him, finally, I don't know how many years ago it was, it just changed my life totally. It took all the pressure off me. It took all the stress off of me. It took all the, and you know pastors. 
Oh my God, half of them are in straight jackets after five years. I didn't need that prophesied over me for God's sakes. I can find my own way to a straight jacket without somebody helping me. Come on now. Make it sound like pastoring's a terrible thing. It ain't a terrible thing. As long as you're called to it, it's a wonderful thing. But if you're not called to it, it's going to be a terrible thing. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you how anointed you think you are. If you're not anointed a pastor and you want to do it, God bless you. We have a straight jacket ready for you. <laughs> Same way with evangelists. Evangelists shouldn't be pastoring a church. They may do it for a little bit, but they don't. That's not where they belong. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. That's not what we're doing. Thank God we've got a pastor here, but thank God we've got prophetic here too at the same time. And we've even got evangelism. I mean, Kelly and these guys, you can't walk down the street without a mug and you and getting you saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. So what are we doing? We're getting all five-fold in here. Yes. Let it in. My teaching and preaching is not like Latasha's. That's all right. Hers is not like mine. That's all right. Praise God. Everything's fine. We're here to do the same thing. Praise God. You never see people building a house and the bricklayers getting mad at the roofers. Well, I don't like them roofers. I'm a bricklayer. We lay brick. The roofers are saying, I hate them bricklayers. But that's what we do in the church, isn't it? You want to judge and they're gone further than me, then catch up. They're more on fire than me, then throw another log on. Do something, praise God. But find your lane and do it. And God is your answer to every problem you've got right now. The Bible said he sent his word and healed them in from all their destruction. This word of God will set you free if you just line up with it any area of your life. So the more I read this book and the more I changed, I was getting delivered every day. Every day, nobody laying hands on me, nobody speaking over me, just me repenting. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the, by the, by the, well, lay hands on me and change the way I think. Can't do it. I can knock you down and get you not to think for a little bit, but that's the best I can do. See? Yeah. They have to follow you around, knock you down every place you went just to keep you in line. But no, there's a transformation. There's a renewing there. Getting hands laid on you makes a hunger for that transformation. And all at once, I want to read the word after going, I want to do this. And the, before you came, you didn't feel like doing anything. Why is that? Because there's a spirit on the inside of you. And it happens to be you. And the only time you get in trouble is when this fleshy body and natural mind starts to rule over your spirit man on the inside and telling you what's, what's going to be it's so great. You know, people run around. I go to different places. And they're running around trying to get autographs from this person and that person. And Becky asked me one time, well, that's, she's right there. We went to a lady's golf tour. Should I get an autograph from her? And I said, she'd probably be better off getting one from me. Why do I want one from her? All I know about her, she can play golf. I got something to give her. She'd be better off getting my autograph, praise God, and getting it on there. See, and this is the way we need to start thinking. My God, I want to get to the front row so I can touch their... Dear Lord, they might throw their sweatshirt at me and I can take it home. And Mick Jagger had this sweatshirt, praise God. And I put it in a frame and I put it on my wall. And my God, maybe if Mick Jagger ran into you on a basis, he'd change, praise God, or something. You see, we, we put all these natural people up above us and we're not. We're making idols of those things. And they're not idols, praise God. If anything, they're worse than you. And the reason why they're not worse than you is because you've got a low self-esteem of you. Preaching the whole Bible this morning. As soon as I get to Revelations, we'll be done here. I'm just about there.
Yeah, low self-esteem. That's why you idolize everybody else. Oh, look at them. Oh, look at them. Put me in the front row. I mean, you go to a concert, you fight. You get in the front row, you come to church, you sit in the back row and get there 15 minutes late. Oh, boy. See, we're off a little bit, aren't we? Well, they go to these world things. I want front row tickets. I don't care what they cost. See, I want to get as close as I can to so-and-so. But so-and-so ain't going to help you. So-and-so don't even know you. And at the end, they'll say, we love you. And you'll say, thank you. They don't even know you, for God's sakes. Give me a break. They love you because you bought a ticket. And they definitely love you in the front row because you paid more for your ticket than they did in the back row. So there's a lot stronger love there than that. But we don't love people because they buy us a ticket. We don't love people because they're nice to us. We don't love people because they're kind to us and because they encourage us. We love people because we love people. Because we're in the image and likeness of God. And we're in the image and likeness of God. And we're all in this thing together. We're all on the same team, praise God. And that's what we want to do. We want to grow up into a body. We want to build strong. We want to be a habitation of God through the Spirit. Not a visitation. A habitation of God in this place. So we come together. I mean, the praise and worship has been awesome lately. I'm telling you right now. I don't even want to sing. I just want to sit on the stage and listen to you guys sing. I mean, you guys are so loud and you're so forceful. And I mean, you're singing because you're singing. Not just because it's time to sing. But you're feeling, I mean, that one ran out of the grave. Everybody can understand that one. Jesus. <laughs> you can't say, I never experienced that. Then you're still in the grave, brother. You need to, you need to come out and have somebody rip the grave clothes off of you, praise God. Again. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you what, that, that's a song for all of us. We know that. We've been in the grave, praise God. And when he called, thank God we came out of the grave. And, and he's still calling, and we're going to keep coming out, praise God. And we're going to keep going further. We're not going to stop. We're not going to hold back. We're not going to get away from the things of God. We're not going to stop coming to church. We're not going to come meet. We're going to love each other. You see somebody you never saw before? Go up and give them a hug. I don't care if they're trying to get away from you. Hug them. We don't do that in our church. Well, we do that in this church. See, we love people. There's nothing like a little hug, praise God. Sometimes it's good. How many of you know that? Craig, I told Craig this morning he gave me the greatest hug I've had in a long time this morning. He just came up and almost lifted me off the floor, praise God. I thought, my God. I put him down number one. He was like number five. He jumped all the way up to number one with that hug this morning. See, it doesn't take much. Don't take much in this kingdom. Move right up there, praise God. But he's in trouble now because Debbie brought me cookies, so you're probably two right now. She so probably moved up to one. Chocolate chip, you're probably out. <laughs> For competition, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So praise God, I love each and every one of you. I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this church, even at my age. You know, there's something in the Bible when you're planted in the house of the Lord. Praise you can even flourish at an older age. Hallelujah. hallelujah. That's right, that's right. One of them says when you've got gray hair. Hallelujah. Now, I don't have gray hair because I color it, but it's still. I would have gray hair now if that was the thing. So. It's all, it, don't worry, honey, it's no big deal. My Lord. What, will you think we just lost three members? 
Hey, we hide nothing here at Treasure Coast Victory Center. We hide nothing, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No sense in it. I love you people. I know you love me, so it doesn't make any difference, praise God, what color my hair is, how tall I am, what shirt I wear, what I look like, or anything else, praise God. Hallelujah. I think I better call this quits, praise God. I should have called it quit three minutes ago, I think. I would have been better. Would have been better for my wife at that point. Should have backed it up just up. They got no one to quit, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we're doing things. We're going places. We're excited about the things of God. We're ministering to other people. We're seeing people get saved. We're seeing people get excited about the things of God. This is only the beginning, praise God. Books are going everywhere, praise God. They're getting books in the Northeast. I got books in the Minnesota. I got books in Ohio. I got books that are bringing people into salvation, praise God. Hallelujah. And we're not making a million dollars on them. We're giving them away. Thank you, Jesus. Good to do that, praise God, hallelujah. So people are getting saved, they're getting touched, they're getting healed. You want books, we got them. Take a few, hand them out to your people, hand them out to friends, hand them out to your relation and run. Because <laughs> they may touch their lives or they may punch you before you get out of there, depending on what mood they are, praise God. But that's what we're interested in, extending God's kingdom. And as long as you do that in your daily life, those are your two priorities. I just want to live in righteousness. I want to extend God's kingdom. Everything in your life is going to start lining up. Your finances will come back alive again. There's going to be a resurrection of your, a resurrection of your marriage. A resurrection of everything in your life. When you get God's power operating in your life, it's all resurrection then. It's no longer death or declining at that time. So just surrender to him. Do what he wants you to do, praise God. You know what it is by now. Many of you have been going with him for quite a long time. Some of you are brand new, but that's all right. He's going to show you step by step, day by day, into what to do. You get in a little bind, call somebody who's been around a while. They're not here to judge you. They're here to help you. God, we want to help one another, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, got to pray first, Ted. Hallelujah. All right, just close your eyes for me. Oh, Lord God, we just love you with all of our heart. We thank you for what you're doing in our life. We thank you for what you're doing in this body. Father, we just want to do your will in every single area of our life. We thank you for the Spirit of God who continues voice gets louder and louder and louder on the inside of each and every one of us. I thank you. You're leading and guiding us in the direction that we need to go. Father, I thank you for every loved one that we have prayed for comes into the kingdom right now this year in the name of Jesus, that you would send laborers into the harvest to get by their path. Father, that someone would get along to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that we're taking Fort Pierce. We're taking yes. Port St. Lucie. Yes. We're taking everyone within the sound of my voice. Every sound of, if you're watching right now, I pray God right now grabs you right now. The Holy Ghost gets a hold of you and he shakes you as you watch this thing. You wonder why you're still watching it. That's why. You know you tried to turn it off three or four times, but you didn't even get a chance to do that. That's the Spirit of God, praise God. So we just want to grow in your things. We want to keep the Spirit of God alive and active in us. Father, we love your word. We thank you for using us in our own lane. And we will run your race with patience and let everybody else run theirs. We thank you for revival in the heart of everybody here this morning, and we give you the praise for everything that was spoken, done, sang, everything this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.